What's up, everybody? Michael Ninjas back at it again. You know how I like to do it. Press record and speak what's on my mind. All right, y'all. So, you know how I like to do it. I just found this awesome clip I think everybody should hear. So, I don't know what brought you here, but it did. And if you hear, listen to what it has to say. Now, this is a white woman. Speaking the truth to her knowledge. Here we go. Why? Because when white people came to Africa, they came showing themselves as superior to the black people, digging out things that black people taught them. You know, what we don't have in our history books is that the civilization we have in Europe today was brought to us by black people. Even black people don't know that. Even many, many black people don't know that. They don't know that the Moors, they were West Africans and North Africans and Central Africans that came to Europe and ruled Spain. They brought civilization to us. They showed us how to use soap, how to be clean, how to, to behave like a decent human being, you know? All these things we didn't know that before the Moors brought civilization to Spain. Did you know that the Moors ruled in Spain for 700 years? Where is that in our history books? It's nowhere to be found. Because why? If you are giving black people that power of having ones ruled over white people, wouldn't black people start like kind of questioning, oh, we were once at that point of having such a power in a white man's country over white people. And where are we now? So of course they have to hide that history from you people because Knowing your true history is knowing your true power. And knowing your true power means you will break out from that system of racism as much as you can. Because you can't. If white people will not stop racism, black people cannot stop being victims of racism. That does Okay. That sounds like I'm victimizing a black person, which I don't. The fact is... Okay, I've said that before. I've used that example before. But I think it's just the perfect... It sums everything up. Okay, when you see a child that was sexually molested, or it mustn't even be a sexual molestation, if it was molested, would you walk up to that child and tell the child to stop whining about their molestation, uh, stop, stop crying about what happened to them and move on? Because after all, it was five years ago. Uh, your molester, is he not in prison? Can't you stop pulling the molester card and blah, blah, blah? Nobody would do that. No person that has senses would tell a child that was abused or molested to move on or to even go out and fight against what happened to them. No, you will not do that. What you will do is you expect authorities to step up from that child and get justice on that child's behavior. But when it comes to racism, we be all in our feelings like, oh, but I'm not racist. I never own slaves. I'm never, 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 never. My neighbor's cousin is black. I can't be racist. But it is not like that. I've seen white women raising black children, having black husbands, you know, and they are still racist. So you mingling with all the black people in the world is not going to make you less racist. That is just the point. That's because in, a, in the society, we were not raised to understand what racism really and there you have it, folks. If you agree with her, shout out. If you don't, leave a comment. 
hit like, hit the clap. Let me hear what you got to say. Michael Ninja out. Peace. It was the official policy of the United States government until 1968. In my lifetime and the lifetime of 19 senators who serve today. The official policy of this government was to help white people buy homes and to deny that help to black people. And because the federal government had set the standard, private lenders enthusiastically followed in Washington's lead. Homes are the way that millions of working families build some economic security. They pay down a mortgage and own an asset that, over time, often appreciates. A home serves as security to fund other ventures, to start a small business, or to send a youngster to college. And if grandma and grandpa can hang on to the home and get it paid off, they can often pass along an asset that boosts the finances of the next generation and the one after that. And that's exactly what white people have done for generations, but not black people. Systematically, over many decades, government policies that encouraged mortgage companies to lend only to white borrowers cut the legs out from underneath minority families trying to build some family wealth. And the result has been exactly what you'd predict. It's contributed to a staggering gap of wealth between white communities and communities of color today. Here's one statistic from Massachusetts. According to the Boston Globe, the median net worth of white families living in Boston is $247,500. And the median net worth for a black family is $8. That's something that all Americans, regardless of race, should be ashamed of. When I was traveling around the country in the aftermath of the financial crisis, it became clear to me that the crash had made the problem worse. Subprime lenders who had peddled mortgages full of tricks and traps had specifically targeted minority borrowers. That meant that during the Great Recession, a huge number of minority borrowers lost their homes. And when rising home prices helped white Americans regain some financial security, communities of color with their lower homeownership rates and their higher foreclosure rates were often left behind. Again, just one example. According to Pew, between 2010 and 2013, the median wealth of white households grew by 2.4%, but the wealth of Hispanic households in that same time fell by 14.3%, and the wealth of African American households fell by 33.7%. Mortgage discrimination didn't end in the 1960s when formal redlining policies were abolished. It didn't end with the tightening of mortgage rules following the financial crisis. Lending discrimination is still alive and well in America in 2018. According to a new report that just came out from the Center for Investigative Reporting and Reveal, in 2015 and 2016, nearly two-thirds of mortgage lenders denied loans for people of color at higher rates than for white people. This problem affects both big lenders and
lenders, and it's nationwide. Minority borrowers were more likely to be denied a mortgage than white borrowers with the same income in 61 different cities across America. And how do we know that? Because of Humda data. That's how we can see how much black families were charged for a mortgage or how often Latino families were denied a chance to take out a mortgage. And we can compare those numbers with white borrowers who have the same incomes and same credit scores. But we can't do that if the data are missing. It is impossible to detect and fight mortgage discrimination without Honda data. The bill on the banking on the floor of the Senate says that 85% of banks will no longer be required to report Hungda data, including the borrower's credit score and age, the loans points, fees, and interest rate, and the property value. 85%. These data are essential to figuring out whether the borrower got a fair deal or not. If this bill passes, there will be communities where there won't be enough data to figure out whether borrowers are getting ripped off. Entire communities where it will be impossible to monitor whether people are getting cheated because of their race or gender. Entire communities where federal and state regulators won't be able to bring cases and independent groups like Reveal won't be able to hold these groups accountable. Sure, banks will save a little money by not having to fill out the Honda data. But when communities of color are once again left behind, there will be no way to prove it. And that's why civil rights groups around the country have spoken up against this bill. The Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights said, and I'm quoting, Exempting the overwhelming majority of our nation's banks and credit unions from an expanded Humda requirement that would better enable federal regulators, state attorneys general, fair housing advocates, and others to identify and address discriminatory and predatory mortgage practices is unwise. The Urban League and the National Community Reinvestment Coalition wrote in a newspaper column that the bill, quote, would be a giant step backwards for the public and national groups who use this data to ensure that banks treat all borrowers equally. And according to the NAACP, the bill, quote, would devastate our attempts to determine and potentially rectify racially discriminatory lending or loan approval patterns at play. This is about basic fairness. Humda data is an investment we should be making to make sure that all qualified Americans have the same chance to buy a home. Throughout our history, Washington has always fallen short of that goal. Gutting Humda allows our country and our government to ignore discrimination, letting history repeat itself. Communities of color will pay the price if this Congress makes the same mistakes again. It isn't too late. We can stop this bill from becoming law. Now, if you just listen to that speech <clears throat> and you happen to be red Republican, that speech burns your soul. It just, 
you just felt like hell just fell on you. But in actuality, thank you, Miss Elizabeth Warren. This is the reason wealthy, rich white men attack you, why they slander you, because you're not afraid to go against your own system, which is what we need in this time and age. How is it that we tell them to stop treating us the way they treat us? They have to go within themselves to say, hey, we're a bunch of fuck ups. We're a bunch of non-Bible scripture following as people. You feel me? With that being said, Elizabeth Warren, keep doing fighting a good fight. Keep doing what you do for those who can't do it for themselves. And those that have more than enough. You can't take it with you when you die. With that being said, Michael Ninja out. Peace. Sahut.